Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll chat with Tara Bergen with Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. She'll give us an update on the final report of the Green Gold Program. Also on today's Prairie Eggwire, we'll talk with the president of the Canadian Agricultural Hall of Fame about the 2022 inductees. And up first in today's country comment, we'll hear from the province's weed specialist, Kim Brown Livingston. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. The Manitoba Crop Diagnostic School wraps up today in Carmen. I was there earlier in the week and stopped by the weed demonstration and chatted with weed specialist Kim Brown Livingston. Let's start uh, maybe with the first station there. We were looking at corn, I guess. What was uh, some of the key points there? Well, that one was put in to just talk about the timing of weed removal in corn and how crucial it is for some of these crops, especially our wide row crops, to keep them nice and clean and free of weeds um, at the very early part of their of the of the season when they're just you know before they get competitive, and to try to show what um, having that weed pressure there too late does to yield and and ultimately you know at the end of the year it really affects yield. We talked a little bit about uh, water quality. What were some of the key points there? Well, there's certain pesticides, things like glyphosate. Uh, 2,4-diamine, some of the DIM uh, herbicides are are affected by water chemistry, um, as well as in some cases to uh, dirty water like suspended dirt and solids and things in, in water. Uh, but in particular, we were looking at glyphosate and looking at hard water. We had a sample of some um, fairly hard water, and then we actually um, remediated the water with AMS, ammonium sulfate. Um, and then uh, when we sprayed, when we did that, and then sprayed glyphosate, we saw quite a difference in how well that glyphosate worked. Talked a little bit about uh, kochia, uh, palmer amaranth, water hemp, um, some of the key points there. Well, these weeds are um, emerging on the horizon. Kochia, of course, is here to stay. We're not ever going to get rid of that one, I think. Uh, but the water hemp and the palmer amaranth, those are tier one weeds. Those shouldn't be in the province. They need to be destroyed as soon as we find them. But those are huge weed issues elsewhere, just right across our borders in Ontario um, to the east and then right to the south and, and to the south of us to in North Dakota, all through the states. Those are huge weeds. And uh, the big biggest problem with those is the glyphosate resistance as well as other herbicide group resistance as well and so we're really trying to just keep awareness up and look at how different herbicide or look at how different uh, crop growing systems work and how they work on some of these weeds particularly when we're in the, our wide row crops like our corn and potentially our soybeans anyways how these weeds um, how we can manipulate those those things to uh, try to get ahead of these weeds when they get here. That was the province's weed specialist, Kim Brown Livingston. We chatted earlier this week at the Manitoba Crop Diagnostic School taking place in Carmen. The event wraps up later today. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Manitoba Agriculture says grasshopper monitoring and management continues. Levels of PAFIDs at or over the economic threshold have been found in some pea fields that are starting to flower in the central region. Levels of barley thrips around threshold have been reported from some barley fields. Lots of blister beetles are also being noticed. Flea beetle insecticide applications have wrapped up as most fields are now past the susceptible stages. The Western Canadian Wheat Growers has made its submission to the Best Management Regulatory Agency's review of the Pest Control Products Act. Here's President Gunter Johum. The submission was made that... uh... PMRA doesn't really need a major overhaul uh, as far as the way they do business, the way they conduct a review of uh, 
crop protection products that we use on the farm. Uh, it is very science-based right now and up to now. And I would say that Canada has one of the highest standards as far as pest control products that we use on farm and in Canada, across Canada. Manitoba's Crop Diagnostic School wraps up today in Carmen. The province's pulse specialist, Dennis Lang, was asked how the soybean crop is looking. Well, much better now. I think uh, we're getting some heat and humidity now and things are kind of moving along. I haven't seen any soybeans flowering, but I do expect that over the next week or so. So we're, we're probably getting into our last application of, uh, of herbicide on the herbicide tolerant ones here in the next little bit. And uh, but for the most part, um, our acres are probably going to be lower than last year from what I'm hearing so far. Uh, maybe somewhere between 600 to 700,000 acres compared to the million that we had last year. And a lot of that just has to do with the fact that we, uh, we had a little later season and even with the extension, uh, the change of the seeding deadlines, um, growers did elect in some cases to, tr- to switch other crops just based on where they were located in Manitoba. And the Saskatchewan government says crops are quickly progressing in that province thanks to recent widespread rainfall and relatively warm weather. The latest crop report out of Saskatchewan says the precipitation has helped crops and pastures in many areas recover from drought conditions of the last several years, but some areas continue to struggle with excess moisture. The report also says rain has come too late in the southwest and west central regions where crops will likely not be able to recover. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Knute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, July 8th. I'm Corey Knute. Coming up today, we'll chat with the president of the Canadian Agricultural Hall of Fame. Four inductees will be going into the Canadian Agricultural Hall of Fame this November in Toronto. They include Morris Delage, Mabel Hamilton, Dr. Digvir Jayaz, and Ashok Sarkar. Today, we'll focus on the two inductees from Manitoba. I caught up with Canadian Agricultural Hall of Fame President Ted Menzies. One, and in no specific order, uh, Mr. Jayaz, who was nominated by the University of Manitoba. And so a little plug for future years, uh, these individuals need to be nominated by a group of supporters or an individual supporter that's a member of the Canadian Agriculture Hall of Fame for a small fee. It costs us money to, to operate this portrait gallery. So the University of Manitoba, which is a member of the Canadian Agriculture Hall of Fame, nominated Mr. Jayas uh, because of his work. At, and for those listeners that you would have that may not realize the importance of grain storage, it is critically important. All of the investments in growing a crop are all tied up with the risk of storage, be it insects, be it too high moisture, being too hot when it's put in into storage. Those are real challenges that can jeopardize the entire year's production, therefore the entire year's income for a farmer. And so Mr. Jayas worked uh, for years on minimizing losses. And as they say, all of the work and investment over a year can go up in literally in smoke uh, if the grain is not stored properly or conditioned properly. So his work uh, helped better the management systems for storing grain. And he worked tirelessly on this. 
And of course, from there, uh, what we learn in Canada gets shared around the world. So we talk about food waste has become more and more of an important issue. And we always used to say, and these numbers may not be factual today, there used to be 40% food loss in the developed world. That was because of waste. But in the, the developing world, it's mostly grain storage issues. So what Mr. Jayas studied, researched, and helped develop has helped food waste in many other countries. And the second uh, inductee from Manitoba was um, worked at the uh, Canadian International Grains Institute. Uh, tell us about um, Ashok uh, Sarkar. Mr. Sarkar uh, was employed at SIGI, but that wasn't his first place of employment. He worked at uh, mills throughout the world before settling at the Canadian International Grains Institute. And his work was all about building on the quality of Canadian grain. And I think we've all heard the importance of the high quality of Canadian grain purchased by many countries to actually bring up the quality of what what they can afford. And so by uh, mixing in Canadian grains, our high quality, our high protein um, grains that we produce in this country because of our uh, great climate on the prairies, um, he was able to promote that and actually get involved in, in many missions around the world when countries had an issue with how do we mill this properly? What's the best way to get what we want for, qual- for the quality of the specific bread, if you will, the flatbreads around the world? Not everybody uh, around the world has enjoys a loaf like we do in Canada, many put it into different forms, and so it requires different milling processes. So Mr. Sarkar was able to travel on many missions around the world to help those millers around the world to, to decide how best to utilize the high-quality grain that Canada has. And also in those years where we had weather issues where it wasn't the high quality that they usually expected, they would come to Mr. Sarkar and say, how do we deal with this? Um, We love your Canadian grain. We would like to be able to use it more. How do we deal with it? And he was able to help in many countries to continue for the trade of Canadian wheat. And so that's very fundamental into the profitability of grain producers in Canada. That was Canadian Agricultural Hall of Fame President Ted Menzies talking to us here today about two of the inductees going into the Canadian Agricultural Hall of Fame this November in Toronto. Today we spoke about Digvir Jayas and Ashok Sarkar out of Manitoba. The other two inductees, Morris Delage and Mabel Hamilton, will discuss those two on Monday. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Our annual farmer appreciation lunch is back in Plum Coulee, Tuesday, July 12th from 1130 until 1. Enter to win a Meridian Grain Max 2300 Hopper Bottom Bin and more, including concrete from Mid-City Ready Mix for the bin pad, 
Rebar and lumber for the pad forms from Parkside Home Building Center and bin pad prep work and finishing provided by the Concrete Edge. Sponsors this year include Manitoba Canola Growers, Farm Credit Canada, Western Harvest Bean and BASF. The Roland 4-H Museum is open throughout July and August. Hours are 1 to 4 p.m. Call 204-343-2061 for appointments. Seeds Canada is hosting its annual meeting next week, July 11th to the 14th at the RBC Convention Centre in Winnipeg. The Manitoba Organic Alliance is hosting two farm tours July 11th and 15th. Visit the MOA website for details or to register. The Manitoba Stampede and Exhibition takes place July 22nd to the 24th in Morris. And the Canadian Semental Association is holding its annual meeting July 23rd in Portage La Prairie. Details at semental.com. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Friday afternoon, the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association has released its final report on the Green Gold Alfalfa Testing Program. I caught up with coordinator Tara Bergen. The year went really well. Uh, the alfalfa crop looked really good. In all of all of all the provinces of the province. When looking at the optimum harvest dates, uh, what's kind of the range there? Uh, the dates were this year, uh, July, sorry, June sixteenth uh, for the central and the eastern uh, Manitoba, and the western Manitoba was for the twentieth in in roundabout ways. At this point, you know how many cuts have been done. Uh, currently, right now, there has been the, the first cut has been done. Um, some guys are looking at possibly doing their second cut in the, probably in a, in a week or two. You know, we had some frost uh, early June. Um, can you talk about the impact that had? It had uh, light damage on uh, mid-growth alfalfa uh, fields, but it just touched it, so it barely did much damage. So they uh, recovered quite quickly for what we have. What were the growing conditions like uh, this year for the crop? The growing was really well, uh, despite being really wet. Um, since uh, heavy rains kind of went away, we gotten the heat and the crops uh, really took off and it looks really good out there. And I guess in total, uh, how many fields did you have take part this year in the Green Gold program? Uh, we had 21 fields registered for this year. Anything else to, to highlight from the past uh, season? or Just that we had a really good, successful uh, uh, year for with all the participants uh, in Manitoba here. So we look forward for next year. Farmers who take part in the program, I guess, what, what do they get out of the uh, program? Uh, they get out of what they learn from what they have uh, th- throughout the the few weeks that we do it, um, they know like what their uh, their feed value are. They can have a better crop each year. That was Tara Bergen, coordinator with the MFGA Green Gold Program. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. Weeds are always a concern for farmers, especially in years like this. The province's pulse specialist, Dennis Lang, commented on the Manitoba soybean crop. Overall, crops look good. Fields are relatively clean so far. No real complaints and, and real good emergences here. And uh, anybody that did use a conventional system this year and use something like an edge, um, the edge product uh, worked really well this year and kept most fields not only in soybeans but also in peas very clean early in the season. Lang took part in the crop diagnostic school this week in Carmen. 
Manitoba Agriculture says sprayers kept rolling over the past week, doing a good job of keeping up with weed control. Farmers getting close to finishing up all herbicide applications with late-seeded canola crops still needing spraying and second-pass glyphosate applications going on corn and soybeans. Generally, weed control, according to the province, has been very good. The Western Canadian Wheat Grower says Canada's pesticide regulatory system is one of the most robust science-based regulatory systems in the world. The organization made its submission to the Pest Management Regulatory Agency's review of the Pest Control Products Act. President Gunter Joachim says reviews of our regulatory systems should be done on a regular basis to ensure that the systems remain current and strong. What's happening in Europe, for example, they're switching away from a risk-based model. And risk-based is you assess the risk that certain products that we use have. It's It's a risk versus reward. And they are switching to a precautionary model. So switching to a precautionary model is not a good idea because anyone that has a problem with uh, products that you use can say, well, I don't know what that's going to do. And the Canadian Cattle Association launched a new brand identity yesterday. Formerly the Canadian Cattlemen's Association, the brand Refresh also includes a new logo. CCA says the logo, visual identity, and positioning reaffirms the organization's commitment to supporting communities, embracing innovation, and contributing to the overall sustainability of Canada's food system. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.